0: Hook 'em up with Ian Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn.
1: I woke up to the morning sky first.
2: Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better get them up, get them going. It is Thursday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod P. That's right, the five hour. Conversation, Sports conversation begins right now, every morning, five days a week, five hours a day. On 101.9 AM 1260, of course, streaming digitally. Download that Horn app to your smartphone. Listen with the touch of a button wherever you are in the ATX. All over the Lone Star State, all over the world. On that Horn app, you can also find us at hornfm.com. And as we've said this week, broadcasting live from the uh, home studio in South Austin, not in our normal fourth floor palatial penthouse suite. There's some construction going on there, some renovations. So we'll be back in-house as soon as we can. So without with uh, it being here, we are not on camera. I mean, no Twitch, no YouTube for now. We'll get back to that. Maybe by tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, excited to be with you. Lots to talk about. It. NBA season opened last night for the Spurs, Rockets, and Mavericks. And the Mavs come out as the uh, winner in Game 1. We'll talk some hoops. Got uh, big football news. Longhorns preparing for their uh, first home game in a month, but got some huge recruiting news yesterday, and a win that surprised a lot of folks in the recruiting insider industry. Uh, landed a big uh, wide receiver target. We'll get you details on that coming up. Also, we have football news looking into week seven in the national foot- week eight, I should say, of the National Football League. College football as well with the Longhorns, and a lot to do as we get you cranked up here on Hook 'em Up uh, on a Thursday morning. Appreciate you being there. As we said, however you find us, and look who it is across the uh, the room here in the home studio, uh, making his way. Into the house is our man Rod Babers. Uh, he is from, of course, D.B. High down in the 713. D.B.U. right here in the 512. Four stops in the National Football League. He's also now 15 years, 16 years on radio here in Austin, Texas. Doing great stuff. He is Black Stradamus. He's the proud papa. He is Rod Babers. What's up, R.B.? Uh,
1: doing great, brother. I appreciate the intro and, once again, the hospitality. Let me uh, hey, man. hang out here at the crib. Nice spot, as always. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to get too loud up in here. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh no! Bring it. <laughs> so I won't we'll, we'll get too loud too early, but uh, having a good time. Uh, happy that we're close to the weekend. We got football. Actually, we got a lot of football, but you got NFL football tonight. You got NBA that, uh, that that actually tipped off last night. Wimby Mania. We'll get into that a little bit. World Series going to start yeah, tomorrow uh, with the Rangers, of course. The Rangers fans are really excited. So there's a lot to get into. Before we do, as always, though, we like to salute those who serve our society built on the selflessness of service. Uh, so all those who choose to serve, we know that it is an honor but also a burden, so we appreciate you each and every one of you, whatever capacity you decide to to serve, God, country, our community we appreciate it, soldiers first responders, teachers, nurses uh, you know who you are and you are special to us.
2: Absolutely Uh, on this, Mm -hmm. the 26th of October, Thursday morning. A lot to get into. We'll get into, as you said, the uh, behind the burn orange curtain, talking all things Texas football. But the big news oh, yeah. for the Longhorns came on the recruiting trail. Let's start with the headlines. Get you caught up. If you missed that news yesterday afternoon out of uh, the Show Me State, let's get it to you. Let's start with the news. <music> Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn women bring you the news. And, yeah, the Longhorns, the seventh-ranked team in the country, continuing their game-week prep for Saturday's afternoons. Big 12 game with BYU, Longhorns' first home game in a month. Uh, Yesterday, Steve Sarkeesian and company scored a huge win on the recruiting trail when five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo committed to Texas most in the uh, recruiting industry thought Missouri the home state team was the front runner but um, yesterday the 6'2 205 pound receiver who's considered one of the top playmakers in the country in the class of 2024 chose the Longhorns over Missouri and Michigan he becomes the third five-star commitment among the 19 player class so far he joins Duncanville edge rusher Colin Simmons and left tackle Brandon Baker from modern day high school out in California So uh, going cross-country to get uh, the best players for Steve Sarkeesian. As we say, Horns will play BYU 230 on Saturday. Uh, We'll talk more about that game coming up in the NBA. As Rod mentioned, in hoops last night, Luka Doncic was the star of the show last night. He scored in 33 points, grabbed 14 boards, dished out 10 assists as the Dallas Mavericks foiled the NBA debut of the rookie phenom, Victor Wenvanyama. They took down the Spurs, 126-119, finished the game on an 8-0 run. It was a season opener for both teams. When Banyama was in foul trouble for a lot of the night. Did score 9 of his 15 points in the fourth quarter. Also snagged five boards, had two assists, turned the ball over five times. Also last night, the Houston Rockets opened their season with a dud. They lost in Orlando by a lot, 116-86 final. In the NBA, week eight. uh, In the NFL, I should say, week eight kicks off tonight in Buffalo. The four and three Bills hosting Baker Mayfield and the three and three Bucks of Tampa Bay. Yesterday, word from San Francisco: the 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has entered the league's concussion protocol. According to a report from the Athletic, Purdy began feeling concussion-like symptoms on their plane ride home from the Niners' Monday night loss at Minnesota. And when he suffered the injury is unclear. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said Purdy will participate in the team's walkthrough today or yesterday, but backup quarterback Sam Darnold. Will get a majority of the first-team reps. Niners, well, Cincinnati on Sunday looking to snap a two-game losing streak after their 5-0 start in Cleveland. Meanwhile, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski confirmed yesterday that P.J. Walker will again get the start for his team this Sunday against Seattle. Deshaun Watson did not practice yesterday, will remain in, out while rehabbing a shoulder injury. Houston Astros in Major League Baseball are scheduled a press conference for this morning, 11 a.m., where it's expected that Dusty Baker will announce his retirement. Not a big surprise, but... Uh, uh, will be a, uh, a, a, ceremony, a celebration today. Team owner Jim Crane, general manager Dana Brown will be on hand as a 74-year-old skipper. Uh, we'll wrap up his managerial career with 2,183 wins, good for seventh all-time, managed in three World Series, 2002 Giants, and of course with the Astros each of the last two years won his championship, his only championship with the Astros last season. Horn
0: headlines brought to you by top gun runners and lawn equipment halloween here is scarier than a ou cheerleader without makeup but nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero turn mowers this month at top gun TopGun.net we'll shoot you straight
1: um sure you guys have noticed out there no ghost rows at all all right just throwing it out there that was also part of the bet just want to make sure living up to it shout out to my man ty all right yeah yeah and our thank Red you Ron. rangers yeah. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Rod. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in case people didn't know that was also part of the bet. We're gonna do the other parts of the bet later when we can have a video element to the show once again. But yeah, there's no ghost rolls. It, 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 it does hurt me a little bit, and I started to do, it and I was like, oh, I forgot. I, that technically can't do that. So just you almost
2: did. You I was,
1: I was really, I was close because usually anytime he mentions of in updates, boom. But didn't want to mention it there, so. Uh,
2: at least you're not saying Go jurors, but it could be the Rangers no. tomorrow night. Ooh, you know that right? would have been a
1: horrible. That's what Ty should have put in the bed that I had to say that Go jurors. Yeah, I had to replace it with the with the Jers for the whole season. See, Ty, you sold you sold you yourself short there, man.
0: There's been a lot yeah, of man. pettiness from from Astros fans, especially my friends that are Astros fans. Uh, they there's a, been a Halloween party that's planned for for tomorrow night, uh, just last minute, of course, starting at eight o'clock. So, uh, I, and they said the Rangers game will not be on. There will be no TVs. What? Oh, I think what I are The
2: Astros being petty about.
0: I've been hearing a lot about. Oh, they bought their team to beat us. They'd... I just heard that
2: on the show
1: before. Us. Yeah, I,
0: said, I, I was listening to you know, that I too. I do
1: like Andrew Perloff, and I was listening. And I was like, really? That that is all my Astro fans
2: are not that petty. That's that, ridiculous. That's
1: a narrative online, but I don't understand what's wrong with that. It's that's a
2: rivalry. That's... It's dumb things. That's what I... that's what Aggies and Longhorns. Yeah, do but it's sure. like, oh,
0: they bought their pitching, and but so, at the end of the day, didn't didn't the Astros trade for Verlander and Garrett Cole to win their for World Series? Like they did the same exact thing.
1: They Made wise investments, acquired talent. To yeah, put and the it's time. not. It's not like the Rangers <laughs> didn't
0: have a farm system. Josh Young, Leo exactly. Ferris, all these, Ledo, all these guys have been here through all the terrible years.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is
2: yeah, the What is the weird. old phrase, Rod? He he, he who argues or she who argues with with ignorant people. Ah. Proves their own. They just don't. Just, just, just leave it alone. Just, yeah. It's just silliness. It's silliness. <laughs> Props to the Rangers. You're right. They're just. They won. They're just.
1: They're just mad. They're just mad. They're and mad. They're, they're jealous and been being petty. I get it. I'm, I'm not that kind of uh, Astros fan. Though. It's been I'm, a
2: pretty good run for the Astros, and it's not over. It's not over. This uh, the rivalry's just beginning. And it's
1: about to be lit. It's about to. The rivalry's about to be at its zenith. It's about yeah. to be the best it's ever been. If the Rangers – well, and not even that. The Rangers already represent the World Series, so I'm not going to say that. But but you know what, Rob? They petty can make it even better if they win the World
2: Pettiness Series. Pettiness means it's really a big-time rivalry now. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's when good the, for when sports, the, baby. When the fanatics start getting petty and silly and start finding yeah. reasons to be mad at the other side, that's good. That's Pet, good.
1: Petty's good for sports. We, yeah, but, we, uh, we learn that. But you and
2: I are, are not petty. We'll be rooting for the Rangers. Yeah, that's right. fine. We're rooting Go for ahead, the state baby. of Texas. Dang it. That's because we want to keep that world championship in the state of Texas. That's where it belongs. Damn right. Uh, Astros try to come back and get it again next year. Or the Rangers, just keep it in Texas. That's yeah. what we believe. I'm not
1: insecure. I, I'm not insecure about my teams. Right? That's right. I'm not insecure about the teams. I, I'm I just want to say I'm I'm cool with Oklahoma winning out <laughs> until we Texas plays them in the in the uh, Big Twelve title game, and Texas takes care of business. That'll launch them yeah. into you know the conversation, or should into the college football playoff. I'm cool with that. Like yeah. I'm,
2: you know. well, well, and that's what we we said right after Game Seven. Props to the Rangers, but now the Astros have to begin the quest of how you get it back. Right, you get back and get, uh, um, you know the upper hand next year, and that starts with the new manager because Dusty Baker, as we said, coming out of uh, the Game 7 loss, is likely to uh, walk away, and today that will happen officially. And you said Um, they've
1: been knowing about this for a while, reportedly. Yeah, there were
2: reports that Jim Jim Crane, the owner, and Dusty Baker were on the same page. This was last year.
1: He's got a list ready to go. Yeah,
2: well, and that's the conversation down in Houston is Jim Crane, did he listen to Dusty Baker more than he listened to his general manager. We know that's that's kind of the concern now in Houston. It's not petty. It's actually a real one that uh, Jim Crane is going, kind of going Jerry Jones a little bit where he's becoming more and more involved, and that's never a good thing when the owner – but, you know, Jim Crane has done a great job for Houston, so it's hard as, for me as a fan to – or an observer to criticize him. They've been the most successful team in baseball the last six or seven years uh, with two championships and seven straight trips to the ALCS, uh, but you know, his offseason last year was not good. Because uh, he didn't have a general manager. Remember, he offered James Click the uh, GM a one-year deal that was kind of a slap in the face after winning the World Championship and winning the World Series. Um, and Click said, "No, nah, I'm gonna. I am going i do not want that. I'm not. You're not showing much uh, faith in me." And then Jim Crane and, by all, all accounts, Jeff Bagwell, who be, you know, the Houston Astros Hall of Famer, became kind of the uh, the power base that that signed Jose Abreu. And look, Abreu had a great postseason. But, you know, he's making a lot of money. He's 36 years old. Um, you know, the, Was that the best move they could have made last offseason? Rafael Montero was re-signed. So, there's moves. The question is what the Astros do because now you're chasing. Now you're chasing, right? You've been the, uh, the hunted. Now you're hunting, and you've got to get, get it turned because the Rangers are now playing in the World Series. So, uh, good stuff right there. Yeah, no no Strohs, Rod. No go Strohs.
1: No. No, you won't get that until – I mean, I guess it's, it's – how, how long is this thing tied for, it, for the entire what we're doing here? How long?
0: Until next season starts.
2: Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Huh? So when so when the regular season that's begins fair. in April, that's fair. He can fire back up the ghost rows. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. It's not that, like you you'll have that.
0: It's not like you'll have that many pitch. opportunities to do it. That's no, right. there's yeah, not going to be a lot. It's no, not like not, I mean, not, many, mean, not, not many not many ghost rows for the winter meetings and such.
1: No, that's, I used to randomly do it during the offseason. But you're right. They won't. You won't. You won't hear it again until first pitch. There
2: you go. First And let me mention that 7:30 of next hour, we're going to check in with our. Speaking of winter meetings, Gene Watson, our baseball insider, has got meetings this morning. Gene Watson. He's going to jump on and. We'll talk to him about who who will succeed, who he thinks might succeed, Dusty Baker, as the next manager of the Astros. A lot of thoughts. My, my thought would be Joe Espada, uh, the bench coach who's been kind of groomed for this role uh, behind Dusty Baker. I'd like to see that, but there are some other names out there. So we'll talk to Gino. Uh, also with Gino, we'll preview the World Series because the Rangers are playing the Diamondbacks beginning tomorrow night. Also mm-hmm. got football starting tonight. And how about uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Rod, Ryan Wingo? Five-star wide receiver. Yesterday, we talked to Jerry Hamilton, it's a big time. and everyone thought it was going to Missouri. That Missouri had come in, the home-state team with uh, Eli Drinkwitz have uh, had kind of turned the tide. This is a big, big-time get for Sark and the and the staff because Ryan Wingo, six-two, so big receiver, two-zero-five, but considered by many, you know, one of the you know not one of this by many the top playmaker in the country, but certainly yeah. by all, all accounts one of the top playmakers in the country, a wide receiver. Um, you know, Longhorns had missed out on, on Micah Hudson, the youngster from Lake Belton up there. He's going to Texas Tech. Uh, but this is one that it's when, when one. the Longhorns be- were between wide receivers coaches, mm-hmm. um, when, when you know, the, 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 uh, the Longhorns wide receiver coach, Brennan Marion, moved on to UC- UNLV to be the offensive coordinator. And before they hired Chris Jackson from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Steve Sarkeesian actually took over this recruitment personally, uh, made this his priority, yeah. and then handed mm-hmm. it off to Chris Jackson when they hired him. And landed him yesterday. That's a big one. If, if Sark, you know, takes one on, you know, this ride. If the head coach takes on a national recruit personally, uh, you know, it, uh, it means a lot. And that's one that he he has identified as someone who can help his program.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because he actually is really hands-on coaching the wide receivers in his offense too. I've heard that uh, from multiple po- multiple folks that he even at Alabama here at Texas, he takes he's really hands-on coaching the wide receivers within his offense, within his offense because of the timing, the precision, and the way he. Wants the routes uh, executed. Uh, he's very detail-oriented, as he should be, about that. So that doesn't shock me uh, that he's really hands-on. And, you know, he's trying to create a pipeline. And he's trying to create this, um, this reputation for Texas and the offense. And that's how they can kind of keep the, this pipeline of recruiting great receivers going. The way to do that is the way to recruit, you know, uh, high-level, really big-time, highly-rated wide receivers is to make sure that the receivers that you do have are weaponized right and that they are an example to all the young prospects out there at the wide receiver position that you want to play in this offense in Sark's offense as a wide receiver yeah. like that's, like you want it's just a it, it is a it's the best it's one of the best offenses if not the best offense to be a wide receiver that's what Sark wants the young wide receivers to think. That's why in the young Xavier Worthy as a freshman, right, he's setting records. Uh, you go look at even after the Oklahoma game, what did uh, Sark go out of his way to say? I got to get that young Jante Cook in the game. He went out of his way to say it. Why? First of all, I don't want that young Jontae Cook to think about that transfer portal or be frustrated because Sark has a really tight rotation at wide receiver, notoriously. Y- y'all have complained about, man, he should play more wide receivers. He should play this guy, play that guy. Sark's never really had a heavy Rotation of a lot of wide receivers. He's a very, it's a very tight rotation. It's pretty much just three guys. <laughs> That's it. And if you know if you one of those three guys, ooh, it's a good life. If you're not, maybe you some special teams. You know
2: who? And, <laughs> uh, and you know what's interesting about that? That's a great point, by the way. That uh, if he recruits them, they're going to get fed. You know, who doesn't get fed. Jordan Whittington that often.
1: Yeah, because he's, he's got a bad reputation as a blocker in his office. it's like, he's a great blocker. That's like saying, that's like, as a wide receiver, that's like saying a woman has a good personality. Yeah. She ain't trying to hear that. Ain't, funny. Nobody, ain't nobody trying to hear that. It's like, hey, is she hot? Well, I tell you what, man, she has a great personality. It's like, oh, you led with that? And when you lead with, with Jordan Whittington as a wide receiver, you're like, you know what? He's the best blocker in the Big 12. Not exactly the compliment he wants. <laughs> I agree with you. But he did have his best game versus Oklahoma. He did. He did. Best he was 100-yarder game. Yarder game. game. Yeah. And he, so, he's still there. He
2: gets fed <laughs> he gets occasionally. occasionally. Yeah.
1: But you occasionally. Want to, if you one of those – you're right. One of those top two or three guys in Sark's offense – as a wide receiver, you're good. But if you're outside that, you're outside the circle of trust. You feel like you don't get the love, man. And then, that's why he went out of his yeah, way to say – Sarks
2: made guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's why he went out of his way to say, hey, Jontay, shout out. I got you. I need to play you more. I will try to play you out there because he doesn't want those young guys to get frustrated. I think he mentioned DeAndre Moore too. So that it's tough being a wide receiver in Sarks offense when you're outside the circle of trust that he has in that rotation. But this guy, Ryan Wingo – he will be in that circle. He's one. He's one. Juntae Cook next year when all these guys leave. When you got your top what four X-Man, receivers? Maxman, Ad Mitchell, top Jordan all gone. Jt's yeah. they're all gone. Ryan Wingo will be in that circle. And I watched film on him thanks to my man Jerry Hamilton because we do uh, the talking ball uh, on on Texas fe- feature together. And man, he is. Dangerous with the ball in his hands. Here's he, why he's just an explosive athlete overall. I'm talking about explosive athlete. And now I hear he's actually now starting to study the wide receiver position. He actually now has a an individual wide receiver coach that he's working with to teach him the nuances and of uh, route running and be a little bit more polished. Before that, you're talking about an explosive athlete who's dangerous with the ball in his hands. So why he's a punt returner. He's just, he just he's a punter too and plays both sides of the ball. He's a punter. He's a punter. He, <laughs> he punts for him. That's cool. He's, pun- he, he's, just, he's just an overall great athlete, pl- and he's obviously going to play wide receiver at the next level. Great body control, great balance, accelerates out of his break, and he'll make you miss in a phone booth. I mean, he is, like I said, once the ball's in his hands, that's when he really sets himself apart and he's special. But he, that and contested catches, you, you'll watch him. The underthrown ball happens all the time, and he just, just goes up and mosses for the football.
2: He's out of St. Louis, Missouri, yeah. and of course chose Texas over the home state, Missouri Tigers. Can we play the uh, the audio tie? This is uh, the uh, the actual press conference at his high school yesterday, and there's a long delay here. Of what he's doing is, I think his little sister's coming up. I see. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool. He's, so everybody's, you know, again, the, the recruiting industry and the, the the world of that that realm all thought Missouri had won this recruitment, yep. uh, and here's how it sounded yesterday outside St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Yeah, I'll be committed to the university of Surrey fan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Texas. <laughs>
2: Uh, that delay, he brought his little sister up and wow. unzipped her, her little jacket, and she wow. had a Texas, Texas shirt on. He put the UT hat on and uh, coming to Texas, recruited yeah. personally by Steve Sarkeesian, as you said, that's going to be a guy that gets fed. And I think it's an interesting, great point that you know Texas, as they move off to the SEC, whatever happens the rest of this year, mm-hmm. and they got BYU to deal with on Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, the, the top four pass catchers in this offense are going to be gone. Uh, you can them. almost guarantee A.D. Yep. Mitchell came here to go become a first-round draft pick in the NFL. He's getting fed Xavier Worthy after his junior, likely gone. J.T. Sanders likely out uh, and gone. Jay Witt. Jay Witt uh, is done with the eligibility. So, And Ryan Wingo is a guy that can play pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, on this team. Yes, sir. Uh, and probably fills that A.D. That Mitchell role, right, the bigger receiver, but as you said, just a game-breaker and a playmaker.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, and he, him and Jante Cook, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're being grown. DeAndre that, Moore, yep. Yeah, and DeAndre Moore. That when, you know, so, but they'll go to the transfer portal, I think, too. I mean, Jerry Hamilton's talked about that. That A veteran prob- player. They'll probably go and get a veteran player. I, listen, wide receiver, and I've said this before, and I, some of the recruiting analysts that I've talked to have agreed, uh, wide receiver's the deepest position in football at any level. You go look at high school football here in Central Texas, and you go look at just random teams, you go, man, they got some damn good wide receivers yeah. out there. What's going on? It's just it's just deep because the spread offense has proliferated every level of football. So you Probably the easiest have- position. To find. Yes, you know what I mean just find yeah you got hell you, know, you got to get guys like Trevor and Diggs to switch to cornerback and he cries when Alan, when Nick Saban tries to switch up the quarterback and I he's an all pro right you got to you got to try to convince guys to play defense I I think that's why you're confident you can go into the portal that's one of those positions you actually can get quality players in the portal I mean from with Texas can not everybody. Yeah. But Texas can yeah. Texas can get the top wide receivers in the portal. And I think that's what they're counting on. Because there will be some because it's such a, like I said, deep position. There will be a few guys that decide, you know what, I'm going into the portal. I mean, look how many guys at U of H. Yeah.
2: They or, they got three portal guys. At U of H. At U of H. And H. that's like right. Of them. Yeah.
1: They, 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 they're all over the place. Like, yeah. should, they're yeah. just really like, decent players. Good athletes. In the it's harder
2: to find the lines of scrimmage, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and those guys. And that's where you give, uh, again, tap, you know, dap to uh, to Sark because his staff, is recruiting at a high level. Three five-star kids at the important – you know, we talk about building a team, building – you know, in the NFL, if you're a general manager and you're trying to, you know, start a team, what, what position are we going for? Quarterback, left tackle, uh, pass rusher, yeah, playmaker. positions. And you look at the three five-stars in this class, left tackle, Brandon Baker, modern day out in California, five-star kid. So I'm considering the best tackle prospect in the country. He's playing right tackle at modern day, uh, but he can cross-train. Probably the, yep. He's probably the heir apparent to Christian Jones at right tackle at Texas with Calvin Banks playing left tackle, who is also a five-star kid. And then uh, Colin Simmons, it's really the missing piece for the Texas – program big picture is an elite pass rusher yep. they really don't have one ethan burke's probably their best you know just pure pass rusher right now and he's hurt
1: anthony um, hill is probably anthony right. hill Nelson. is a linebacker best but you know colin
2: simmons is uh you know comes out of the metroplex in duncanville and he is considered gosh yeah. i mean you, you he think this is
1: an nfl edge yeah the rusher. comparisons he gets <laughs> are
2: to metroplex pass rushers miles garrett yeah, Von yeah, miller yeah. uh those type of players and yeah. Uh, he's an elite pass rusher for the, the the reigning state champions in 6A football. So you know, again, left tackle, pass rush, receiver, quarterback room is pretty full, uh, to say the least. With uh, and cornerback yeah, and corner, they
1: looking for right now. I think that's why the guys like Kobe Black are high on their list. Yeah, Kobe
2: Black is in the the next big name to watch is Kobe Black, a corner out of Waco. Who uh, would be a fourth
1: five-star Longhorns? In on him as well. So apparently, like, yeah, he might have just dropped to a four-star. I I see people talking about that as a big. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That's always a big conversation. Oh, every time they adjust the ratings, I think it's like a quarterly thing. Then some a player's overall score. Could well, there's drop only twenty five or thirty. For
2: those who don't follow, recruits, you know there's I only twenty five or thirty five star players nationally. Yeah, it's kind of like the first round draft picks in the NFL. I guess is was way to work. It's projections. Pretty much. Uh, but if you're a four high four star or five yeah, star, you're, you're a good you're, player.
1: If you're dropping between five and four star, you're five star. So you're you're, 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 so you're, you're number thirty four. Justin, Justin Wells, he was like, man, I've watched them in person. Multiple times. Kobe he's a, Black? He's a five-star. Right. He's like he's a five-star athlete. He'll be a five-star back. Good what stuff right doing?
2: there, by the way. you Hopefully you're watching Rod Babers on all his uh, his uh, appearances on the On Texas Football channel for Inside Texas. Doing a great job there with My all of he your – And too
1: on the in-game live watch. Yeah, man,
2: I do the in-game watch party. Yeah. We're, great partnership we have with our friend uh, Bobby Burton and the yeah, great team at stuff. Inside Texas. They're the best. Uh, we're the best, we think. Yeah. So uh, we combine and combine forces to bring you Whoa. great Longhorn oh, chatter.
1: And, and they got so much information. Hey, we just learned We learned so much stuff just <laughs> yeah. just working with we them. That lean we on can them. Provide to you guys. That's so exactly it, That's right. why it just helps us do this job a whole lot better.
2: All right. Uh, well, that's out there. We'll 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 talk about the Dusty Baker situation. Going to retire today, seventy four. Right off in uh, his Hall of Fame illustrious career as a player, and obviously as a manager, uh, one of the more more liked and like respected uh, baseball people out there. Uh, and then we'll start talking about what the Astros are going to do next. Start previewing the Rangers and their series of the Diamondbacks. The NFL, Cowboys, and Texans are back at it after their bye weeks. Wimby Mania. Wimby we'll Mania last talk about night. that a little bit. And how about Luca? Luca. Hey. Taking Luke- the. We, yeah. Not surprising that Luca was the star of attraction last night. He was unbelievable in yeah. the. Uh, I think he the, got tired of people talking about Wimby, I guess. Or he's just a, Yeah, he's one of the three or four best players in the entire world and uh, showed that last night. Wemby's going to be, but uh, not there yet. We'll talk about that. lot to do. It's a Thursday uh, edition of Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby, and we're just getting warmed up. Rod will take us behind the BOC coming up. We'll also have some What the Facts. I've got a bone to pick with uh, Clemson coach Dabo Swinney this morning, Ron. What the Facts? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really happy with Dabo. I've got to get you that coming up. We've got a lot to do. We're just uh, rolling in now, from the home studios in South Austin. Ties back at the Horn headquarters. It's uh, Hook'em Up on a Thursday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers Austin,
0: Texas Sports, the
2: Sky Horn that wish you saw. So the know it Rod Babers will take us behind the burnt orange curtain coming up, getting ready for Texas at BYU I've already talked about the Longhorns big recruiting win so they've already won win this week they'll look for win number 7 on Saturday Get you some what the facts before the end of the hour. I've got a bone to pick with uh, Dabo Swinney, which I gotta, we didn't get to that earlier in the week. Coming off of last week's college football, looking forward to this week's college football. Mm-hmm. And I've also got to mention, Rod, that uh, after yesterday's conversation, the more I read about this Jim Harbaugh situation in Michigan. Yeah, it ain't looking good. I said it yesterday, and I. I'm, the more I, I read it, the Big Ten has to step in. <laughs> I, I know this sounds crazy and maybe uh, hyperbolic, but if I'm the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, As I'm watching this unfold, I've got the number two team in the country in Michigan who might be the number one team in the country. I've got to protect my brand. I I, I put this on Twitter last night. I said it to you at the end of the show yesterday. The Big Ten should immediately implement headset communication for the teams in their conference. Bypass the weak NCAA and just say, you know what, in the Big Ten, uh, the rest of this year, our teams can use sideline to headset communication for the quarterback and the – to eliminate all of this. Because at that point, Rod, you get rid of all the – it doesn't end what has already happened, but it it, it does two things. It protects Michigan. It does. Uh, whether they need protection or not, they're the best team in the year. Well, conference is the best team your conference. It affects your brand. Yes. So yes. <laughs> you, they need protection. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, two things will happen. Either Michigan will keep rolling and roll all the way to the national championship and mm-hmm. they'll have the argument that for half the season, and, you know, signs and sign stealing and none of that mattered. Or Michigan will – Come back to the pack a little bit, and they'll be exposed. Uh, either way, what you don't want, as you and I know this, Rod, as a Houston Astros fan, if you could have protected the, the brand of the Astros in real time with the trash can thing and eliminated it during the season before they went and won the World Series, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the Big Ten has a chance to do something about it in real time. Because this is a two-year-old story. We know that now, right? Everything that's out about Colin or Connor. Connor Stallion, Stallion,
1: It's like an adult entertainer. Is that
2: it's out there, and there's mm-hmm. more and more
1: by the day. Oh, yeah. Now you are talking about manifestos and stuff? Yes. Like, what that the? this
2: guy is a <laughs> – seems like a bit of a nefarious character here um, that Jim Harbaugh brought in and, and, and you know ha- – Well, he seems like a, most, a very passionate Michigan man. So just – I know when I say just, it seems simplistic. I know it's harder than that. and There's more layers to it than that. But if you're the commissioner, you have to institute it and just say, look, we, we have the money. This doesn't affect other conferences. We're not playing any more non-conference games this year. Everything we do the rest of the way is in conference. We're controlling this narrative. And from here to the rest of the year, we can. Use, we have the technology. It's not hard to do. They're using it at high school football levels uh, where the coordinator can talk directly to the quarterback um, just instituted because again, it, it insulates Michigan and the conference. Because the Michigan goes on to win this national championship rod right at this point, still using signs and, and everything that's happening, uh, or even plays for the national championship, it's going to be stained. Mm-hmm. It just Didn't will be. It. it will be, just like the Astros mm-hmm. championship of 2017. Whether it should have been vacated or what, uh, Astro fans like you and I don't deny it. it you know, you got caught. Uh, you wish you could have done something about it in yeah. real time. Um, and we'll see and and again it does two things it protects michigan if they do go on to win the whole thing uh or at least gives them some cover and to say you know what we still want it we weren't using the sign stealing or whatever connor stallions was doing and all this or it's going to expose them because what if they yes. come back to the pack rod without this uh now that this 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 puts it all into the light that oh wait a second they were gaining a pretty big advantage out of this. I mean, all of a sudden, they're not winning every game by 35 points and not giving up – what did they say? They've given up like three touchdowns all year long. They've
1: scored more touchdowns on defense than they've allowed.
2: On defense? Yes. Their defense has scored more their touchdowns defense than defense.
1: defense has def- scored more touchdowns this, this year than they've allowed. E, they haven't allowed – I want to say they haven't allowed a play inside the – defensively, they haven't defended a play inside the 10-yard line. They have – yeah, they, how about this? Michigan's defense hasn't faced a first and goal or any snap inside the ten yard line this year. Like they are, they're, they're dominant. They're, they're they're dominant. But here's the here's well, they the, haven't
2: played anybody, so no one's really unless you're a diehard Michigan fan, you haven't really watched them because they
1: haven't had a big big marquee national game yet. Um, here's the late man. That, ooh, the ratings for that Michigan Ohio State game are gonna be humongous. Depending on obviously what happened, they're still gonna be big because there may be some. Well, no, we'll, but here's the latest from the Washington Post about this sign-stealing uh, scandal allegations against Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Uh, they're reporting uh, that the sign-stealing investigation threatening to disrupt Michigan season, um, They have, that an outside investigative firm approached the NCAA with documents and videos. The firm said it had obtained from computer drives maintained and assessed by multiple Michigan coaches According to two people familiar with the matter, evidence that suggests the scandal's impact could broaden beyond the suspension of just one low-level assistant. Among the pieces of evidence the firm presented, these people said, was a detailed schedule of Michigan's planned, sign stealing travel for the rest of the season, um, listing opponent's schedules, this season actually, listing opponent's schedules, which games Michigan scouts would attend, and how much money was budgeted for travel and tickets to scout each team. If they took athletic department money and did and 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 basically you know uh, actually constructed this systematic sophisticated organized uh you know I mean clandestine operation yeah that's going to get ugly and if coaches had access to some well, database or something that's and let's remind
2: people that what, what 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 I believe reading all of this information was happening was Connor Stallions was st- Videotaping and then then studying signs of, of upcoming opponents, and then he was on the
1: sidelines during the game against that to, opponent to, to confirm to decipher the signs yes, in real time to confirm that whatever his information that he found, but they're, they're also saying he may have had a database database that also also other coaches may have had access to right and then ooh that's so yeah.
2: so this is why i'm saying right now the Big Ten has to step in and, and do something dramatic yeah, you um, and again i'm not. I'm from Ohio. I mean, that that school up north. I'm not too. But at the same time, you got to. If you're the Big Ten, this would be your 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 course of action, because I don't say it eliminates the conversation. It doesn't at all. Uh, Michigan's still going to have to be. But you know how the big the NCAA works, Rod. There'll be no penalties on this for a year. Oh yeah, they move the a like pace. Yeah, you so can't wait if, on them. So what if they go on to win the national championship yeah, and they don't make them. a change now? Big Ten should okay. step in because again, there's no more non-conference games. It's all Big Ten. You can control this narrative at least, at least a little bit to where there's some cover or it exposes them, one of the two. Uh, but doing nothing, I think, would be unwise at this point based on the information that's already out. And well, this it's also, just
1: too much coming out. Every, day, every more day more stuff comes out. And then you don't know now what's true or what. because it sounds so bizarre. Yeah. It sounds so surreal. You're like, is that true that he had a manifesto? But as you said yesterday, Rod, what as you the? said
2: yesterday, the, the, the line of this Connor Stallion's um, activity – Coincides with the turn of Michigan. Yeah, it does. Jim Harbaugh took a pay cut. Jim Harbaugh wasn't winning. Jim no. Harbaugh—he's won-
1: he's been beaten his, by his rival over and over. And again. I can't
2: sit here and say this is oh. what turned it. Uh, Might have just been recruiting, the weight room, the—you the, know—getting the right players in place. But Jim Harbaugh should want this. Jim Harbaugh should be the biggest advocate for this at this yeah. point yeah. because he becomes the the center of this if they go on and win, and then he's off to the NFL. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I just think I think the Big Ten has to do something at this point. There's too much information. Hey. It's too clear that there was an operation happening.
1: Trust the Astros fans, man. We went through. <laughs> Trust it. us. Yeah, they it, say the best, the best way to learn uh, about future events and uh, it's to study past events. I mean, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Learn from the Astros that his, that scandal. It, it really is, it does track a little bit. I mean, it literally is about sign stealing. And you're right, they they mishandled. It. They know they mishandled it. But. Now you know it's out there. I'm with you, man. Get ahead of it. I love your idea. Your well, idea is, it's a great idea. Right. It's a great idea. And, and it also tracks
2: with baseball that MLB, whether it was steroids or technology, yeah. they're very slow. And the NCAA should have – already should have wireless communication between the sidelines and the quarterback or Shouldn't the, the, the middle linebacker. Yeah. They have it in high school, Rod.
1: I know. It's, it's they have ridiculous. it in high
2: school. That's why they have yeah. these dumb signs. And as you said, players have to learn all these – you know, know different
1: signs and they got coaches have to code all their plays yeah. into like signs a of, waste of time. pop culture <laughs> uh, pop culture celebrities it's it's so weird that this is a multi billion dollar uh, uh you know kind of multi billion dollar business i hate to say business but it is it's a business and yet yeah that's something that they're unwilling to, uh, to let happen. Well, and you know why it is, because on. they
2: legislate 300 schools and a lot of them can't afford it or maybe wouldn't be able to afford it, so they've got to make rules that are for everybody. And it's like, y'all,
1: this is, get but, out of the way. Yeah, because you're right, that'll start sparking the conversation about, well, there should be a different a separation between the power conferences and the, the power schools and the rest of the college football world, because you're right, more and more now they can't keep up. Yeah. in terms of the financial resources, and it's a different right. game being played. NIL. And I know they have different portal. rules
2: for the different levels, but at the same time, oh, no. this would be an easy one. All right, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll get back to that. Take your thoughts on it. Should the Big Ten step in and do something immediately ASAP, like yesterday? Uh, Rod will get you behind the BOC, the ones playing BYU on Saturday. Let's go.
0: And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain?
1: All right, let's talk about BYU. I actually watched a lot of BYU yesterday. I got a chance to dive into some BYU film. And we talked about this. Defensively, they don't do anything really special, and they're not special, but they are opportunists. The DBs, they make, they make plays on the football. They make plays on poorly thrown balls. And where other teams, they may drop some of these turnover-worthy throws. Um, they don't. They get them. I mean, sometimes it's luck and whatever. They make their own luck. Uh, but they're really, I would say, that they're, they're opportunistic, um, but they cash in on teams' mistakes. And that's why they're one of the leaders in the country in turnover margin. They got 16 takeaways on the season. That is the, that's one of the only ways I see this game turning badly for Texas, that if somehow the young quarterbacks that are going to play for Texas become turnover-prone. One of the things about Quinn Ewers' game, even though the Oklahoma game, it was, it, he turned the ball over three times. That's uncharacteristic of Quinn Ewers. He's actually – one of his strengths in his skill set is that he was responsible pretty much with the football a lot of times. He didn't make a lot of bad decisions, a lot of turnover-worthy throws uh, from Quinn Ewers. With these young quarterbacks, we're not sure. That's going to be on Sark to make sure that the game plan is co- – they're comfortable enough in the game plan that they don't feel like they have to – do too much, and push too much to make those types of throws. all right? So I'm not – I think the Texas offense versus the BYU defense, it's a simpler, uh, less complicated game plan because I think they're just going to run the football as much as they can. Uh, and try to open up the passing game with the run game, which is actually something Sark doesn't really like to do. He's a guy that wants to pass, open up the run. Now, if he does continue to pass, open up the run, that's going to be really interesting um, to see how that works out. And maybe he has that kind of faith in Malik and his young quarterbacks, maybe Arch too. Um, I doubt he, he has that kind of faith in him. I would lead with the run, especially since BYU's rush defense is 80th. They're not great. They're not, they're not terrible, but they're not good at rush defense either. Um, but they are 100th and pass defense too. So they're, Sark may decide, you know what, the best way to go at them is to light them up uh, with the passing game. But that's they gamble a lot, and that's where they make plays on the football, on some poorly thrown football. So Sark may take a chance. I doubt it. I think he runs the football. What concerns me most, and I, I think it's going to be a way more complicated uh, game plan, at least defensively, will be Texas DBs uh, versus the passing game of BYU. And I know the passing game isn't great, but a lot of the issues that Texas struggled with versus U of H – they, and Sark even said this They run a lot of the same concepts Tex, He said, Sark, they better fix it <laughs> uh, this, The issues on defense Because BYU likes to run A lot of crossing routes, which they do The mesh concept, when two receivers uh, in Their routes, their drag routes Intersect, they run a lot of The mesh concepts, they love The screen game, right, they love the screen Game because they want to use a team's speed Against them, they run a lot of screens They love uh, targets To bunch formations, which I've talked about, Texas has struggled with so far uh, this season. If you look at Texas uh, defense versus starting quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks uh, who are targeting bunch formations, those starting QBs, averaging over 75% completion percentage. Uh, You're talking about explosive play rates close to 40%. You're talking about first-down touchdown rates really high, over 50%. Texas has been really bad at defending those, and they run a lot of bunch formations and targets to bunch formations. Keaton Slovis has regressed as a passer every year that he started, and he started for what I think – Two, three different uh, college football programs, and he's regressed every year as a passer, but he's still competent enough to make some of those throws. So that's something Texas has got to be concerned with. They also run a lot of empty formation. U of H ran a lot of empty formation. Matter of fact, U of H was averaging, I think, eight, over eight yards per attempt uh, throwing the empty formation. Uh, they had over 100 yards when they were targeting players in empty formation uh, last week. That's something BYU runs. They run exotics too, they love the flea flicker. They love the stalk, block, and go, uh, the screen and go. They love the, uh, the, the double pass. I've seen them run the double pass. So they're big on flea flickers. You know Sark loves a flea flicker. They're big on exotics, and you know they're going to have a couple ready for Texas. There's no question about it. Um, so that's pretty much the scouting report for BYU offensively. They, it's a good, good test for Texas. Keaton Slovis doesn't run. He's not a threat as a, a runner, but he has some functional mobility. But Texas defenders and their pass rush should be able to just tee off and not have to worry too much about pass rush lane discipline. Even though they should, they won't have to worry about it as much because he's not really prone to take off and run. So I, I think it's a good test for the Texas defense. If they can't get to Keaton Slovis and put pressure on them and sack Keaton Slovis a few times, then maybe Texas does have a pass rushing issue. Um, And if they can't stop the crossing routes, the targets to bunch, the empty formation, um, and handle these bunch concepts versus BYU with lesser athletes at wide receiver, um, Lasseter is probably my favorite wide receiver they have, but they they got three quality wide receivers they like, then maybe Texas does have a problem on the back end with communication and coordination. And they, can't, they haven't had multiple weeks to fix it and haven't been able to fix those issues. Uh,
2: so far, uh, and this is not a dynamic team on either side of the ball, but they do force turnovers. And they play hard, as Rod, as Sark yeah. Ar- said. Uh, you know, the, the head coach is a former fullback. They play physical. Exactly. They play tough. Uh, they're just not that talented. And a lot of times coaches who know they're kind of overmatched and undermanned, it is about being opportunistic. It's about forcing the issue. It's gambling. about getting, getting, you know, gambling when mm-hmm. you can to go get the ball and be a ball hawk, because you got to get it back. That's how they've won games. By the way, all right, we'll we'll come back. We'll have more with the long ones at BYU. The big commitment from Ryan Wingo yesterday. Also, uh, the Michigan story. I got a bone to pick with Dabo Swinney. But coming next, it is what the facts. The facts of a Thursday morning on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby.
0: Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook 'em up. 1019-AM1260, the horn.
2: Time for what the facts on Ian Rod be? Facts that uh, you need to know as you begin your Thursday morning, including the uh, did you know this rod, the Rangers, Texas Rangers, Coochers. We're, we're 50 to 1 to win the World Series World Series entering this season. The Diamondbacks were 125 to 1, 125 wow. to 1. That, according to Caesars Sportsbook, so 50 to 1, 125 to 1, according to SportsOddsHistory.com. The nice. last World Series between teams with 50 to 1 odds or greater that met in the World Series was 1991. My senior year of high school, Rod. Wow. The twins played the Braves. Kirby Puckett. <laughs> <and> the Twins <laughs> against the uh, early on Braves. Last time, two teams this far uh, with this long of odds to play in a World Series, met in a World Series, it's been that long, over 30 years now. Wow. That's so this is amazing. a uh, long odds World Series that begins tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both of
1: these teams were 100-plus lost teams, what, two years ago. Two
2: years ago, yeah.
1: And now they find themselves in the World Series. That, is, uh, that in itself is got to be pretty rare.
2: Which is probably going to lead to low TV ratings, which, again, this is not a knock on the Rangers. It's just no, going it to be will. in this yeah. busy sports you know, month, it's it's kind of going to get lost. And not that it would have been huge ratings if it was in the Astros. Not saying that. It's just, I think the Diamondbacks are <laughs> the thing that's going to bring it down. Yeah. It's, uh, but I think, right. I mean, I'll watch every pitch or as many pitches oh, of as I can see. Yeah. But, but um, in
1: terms of the, yeah, you're right, trying to bring the casual fans. Yes. The outsider, the novice, yes. And ca- it, like last night, I'm sure there were it's casual the fans power.
2: that tuned in to see this guy, Victor Wenbanyama. You're damn right they did. Just to see what the, all the fuss was about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Did you watch it, Rob? What would you think?
1: Uh, no, I. I mean, I thought it. I mean, well, he got in foul trouble. He so did. Early he on that. Hit a big three early. Yeah, he looked. I mean, he looked. Good five early turnovers, on. five fouls. Um, I'll give uh, my man uh, Ty props. He only had one block. I thought he had more blocks than that. He actually in the fourth quarter when they when he came back in, even with the foul trouble, uh, you saw those flashes. So you saw flashes, but yeah, I mean. He, they got a young player. Young yet. They're young, yeah. So no doubt about it. Mavericks right.
2: finished on an eight-zero 0 run to win the ball game. Oh, man. And Luca
1: was just, remember, he, he basically went on – Step back three. Yeah, he, he went on this run where he just kind of showed you why he's considered by some to be top, best, the best player in the game maybe or top three definitely. That's best true. players in the game. Uh, all right. Uh, what the facts? Here's a couple of facts. How about this? Uh, Cowboys fans will like this about Duran Bland. I uh, saw this little nugget. So apparently, Duran Bland has the lowest passer rating allowed by cornerbacks. Dang, in all the, the NFL? Yeah. The wow. lowest passer rating. 22.3 uh, passer rating allowed uh, by um, Duran Bland. That is the lowest passer rating allowed uh, with a minimum of 20 targets faced. So Duran Bland's playing really well at a really high level right now. Imagine if you had that guy and. Trevon Diggs and Stefan Gilmore, so uh, he's stepping in pretty
2: good. Just throwing it out. That's there. pretty awesome. I did yeah. not. I would have not guessed that in, in, a, in, a, in a lot of guesses. By yeah. the way, I will say football. this: according to front office sports rod, this could be a fact. The NBA, once they get their new media uh-oh. rights deal in place, uh-oh, they're planning to expand to 32 teams.
1: I saw that actually.
2: And the two cities in focus oh, are Las Vegas, Vegas,
1: yeah, <laughs> always. And Seattle. Okay.
2: Back to Seattle, where, of course, the, the ownership left Seattle to go to Oklahoma City. They'd like to reengage with the great Northwest. So NBA growing, apparently, according to front office sports. So that uh, could be a fact. Is that um, And Vegas, of course, LeBron James wants to own the franchise in Vegas or be part yeah. of the ownership group in Vegas.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they've been having a lot of tentacles. Well, every league does now. Every league wants to have events and have some type of presence in Las Vegas, whether if you don't have a team, you have a presence. Well, now everybody's... Going to have a team, right? Major League Baseball will have one pretty soon. Yes. Vegas got all those teams in Vegas. What?
2: Oakland A's are moving to Vegas.
1: It, it took them like, what, like a, a five? Well, it six, used to
2: be radioactive. Like well, was, I know you could have sports betting and, and all that,
1: but now it it, it took like, what, a six-year span essentially? for all the pro teams, to once, once basically gambling became mainstream and it was no longer taboo, all right, and it was something like that everybody could have on their phones, essentially. Then they, it basically took them like six years to say, Stigma all right.
2: Stigma gone. <laughs> Let's move there.
1: They're all there. <laughs> that is amazing. That, well, that's where the money is. By the that's way, where speak, the money is, man.
2: Speaking of Victor Wembanyama, Yamarad, the Spurs, last night's nationally televised game, one of 19 nationally televised Spurs games this year. Because of Wemby,
1: they've never had the Spurs have never been thrust twenty of their eighty-two games
2: on national television.
1: They've never been thrust into the national spotlight like this. Now, did they deserve it? Of course, they're they're a dynasty. They're playing in the NBA finals. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but no, as I said, they deserved it. But even then, historically, the ratings used to be pretty low for the Spurs unless they were going up against LeBron or somebody like that. But now, they have the celebrity. I mean, they even when Tim Duncan was at his best in his prime i don't know if people considered him a celebrity at that he he was he was elite as position but a celebrity i don't know if you consider that wimby's already considered a celeb
2: right and it's very similar (laughs) to when tiger woods brought tv ratings to golf and lebron james to the cleveland cavaliers all of a sudden the cavaliers who no one even knew they had a team in cleveland were on national television all the time very same thing
1: yeah by the way tim duncan could have been a celebrity if he wanted to He just didn't want to be a celebrity. He wanted to play Dungeons and (laughs) Dragons. He didn't want want that lifestyle. No, he did not.
2: (laughs) All right, we'll come back. Uh, One hour in the books, four to go. It's a five-hour conversation every single morning. here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Next hour, uh, Gene Watson, our baseball insider on the retirement of Dusty Baker and who the replacement may be in Houston. Also, he'll help us preview the World Series. jurors and Snakes. Uh, Rod's got a rant coming up. I've got a bone to pick with Dabo Swinney. We've got a lot to do. Go nowhere. Lock it in on 1019 AM 1260. Stream it always on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.